guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Welcome to Wednesday Night Flex, a weekly look at high school sports in the ATX. Go to flxatx.com and follow at FlexATX on social media. And now, here's Zach Lucero, Cameron Parker, and the Flex family. Wednesday Night Flex on the Horn. Flex, ATX, it's a Wednesday night. You know the vibes. We're here to talk high school sports all around the 512, all around the Austin area. I'm your host, like I am every week except for two so far. Zach Lucero at Zach and Wack on my social media at FLXATX on our social media. No Cameron Parker today, so behind the glass, my man Nolan Hogan. What's good, Nolan? What up, man? I'm standing up today. I like. To, I want to stand right now. I mean, it's it's like that type of vibe. We got like a full a full house in full here, house. standing room only, type stuff. Um, but before we get to that, uh, before we get to our coach interview that we have coming up at seven oh five with newly appointed LBJ head coach Joseph Rawls, um, how's your week been, Nolan? You said busy week at work for you. So. Oh yeah, end of the month is always busy at the uh, collision center, so it's a little busy on the last day of the month. But it's been good. Been cooling down from the seven on seven on Saturday. It was hot out there. Uh, but it's a good time. Yeah, I've I've had a fun uh, last couple of weeks. I went to a couple concerts last week, like within like a one week period. I went to two shows at the Moody Amphitheater, so that was really fun. Um, definitely one of my like favorite newer venues uh, here in Austin. Um, and then I just like started making my set list playlist on Spotify for the Illinium show that I'm going to maybe with you. Oh yeah, uh, next month or, or I guess next month is tomorrow, but uh, on the 30th of June. So. Definitely like a little bit harder EDM vibe than than I'm used to, but uh, but uh, I'm pretty excited. Do you have any shows, any concerts coming up this um, summer? Not recently, but uh, Camp Flognaw was announced this week, and tickets are coming out on Friday. That's going to be at Dodger Stadium, so I'm probably going to try and snag some tickets. And you'll and you'll travel for some shows. Oh yeah. Well, the last Camp Flognaw was 2019, and. He hasn't really announced. That's that the one where they booed officially. Drake off the stage because he wasn't Frank Ocean, right? Right, because they thought. Well, the how it was going was they had like he was saying, "Oh, I'm bringing out some friends," and then he'd bring out Luzi, and then he was like, "Can I bring out another friend?" And he'd bring out Drake, and then he everyone thought he was going to bring out another friend. And it was going to be Frank Ocean, and Drake's like, "Oh, I'm going to keep playing." And they're like, "No, we want Frank," and then the show ended. Yeah, and then I remember Drake was like backstage. He was like, "I was just about to play all my bangers too." Yeah, so they're lost in my pocket. And then uh, the Frank Ocean was at Coachella, and like people didn't like it. Uh, yeah, he had a little rough show, I guess. And didn't got, come. It didn't come back week two either. Yeah, he got injured in preparation for the week one show, according to the reports. But uh, he hurt his ankle. Then all the plans got scrapped because they wanted an ice rink on the stage and they wanted ice skaters. So then it was just him on the stage with his boys, like doing his songs, and not many people liked it. Yeah, that that story is kind of crazy because they were talking about like. There was like hockey players and like figure skaters that were supposed to be like his background people, right. and they were like at the hotel, like, and found out that they're not 
going out yeah. like later that night. So Frank Ocean, definitely a weird guy, but he said that he's going to come out with new music soon. Yeah, that's, that's what thing, he was so. saying. Uh, I mean, I I was kind of in the in the space of I didn't think it was going to be what people were expecting. I think people were expecting his 2016 performance, which is the last time he ever did a show, and people were not pleased. Yeah. Um, so that's our little just kind of chopping it up to start the show. Um, I want to get into some baseball and softball updates while Nolan gets a hold of our of our head coach interview before we get into our in-studio guest. That's going to be a lot of fun. In-studio guests, plural, with that uppercase S because it's a lot of them this week. Um, a little bit of baseball update for you guys. Uh, Westlake um, beat Eagle Pass, swept them, and they move on to play San Antonio Johnson in the regional finals so the round before uh, the state tournament. San Antonio Johnson, uh, if you know, knocked out both Lake Travis and Bowie so far in this state tournament. So a little bit of a 5-1-2 beater is San Antonio Johnson, a, a state-ranked uh, 6A team. Westlake is now 38-4 and on the season, which is a new record for wins in the season for the Shaps. Uh, another team still alive for baseball is Rouse. Rouse beat Palmview. They move on to play Bernie Champion in the regional final uh, a little bit, little bit about that game, the, the 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 final game in that series. Blake Gonzalez with a walk off RBI single. Uh, Colin Correjo, a guy that's that's signed to UTSA to play baseball outfield, a really good hitter, um, had a complete game in that one. And then Tyler Espinosa stole second as a courtesy runner in the seventh inning. Uh, Correjo retired final the final twelve batters. But I made that note about the courtesy runner, um, Nolan. So that's like something really like, kind of cool about like high school baseball is like the courtesy runner is like kind of like a little bit of a gamesmanship. Like you you'll have someone on your team that doesn't play that just runs that just runs. Like mm-hmm. when I I remember my senior year we had a like a track star on right. the team that was terrible at baseball but was the courtesy runner for the catcher. Yeah, I think it, that's super big to have for like these big six A schools is like when you have a roster as deep as twenty twenty three kids not nineteen to twenty three kids. It can get to where you have guys that aren't going to touch the field very often, so you want to take advantage of those guys. And if they have speed, put them on the bases. Let them run and score some runs, get some bases for you. Yeah, a couple more. Taylor beat Spring Hill. They move on to play China Spring in the regional final for 4A. And then softball, Georgetown lost to Lake Creek. Uh, so Lake Creek advances to the 5A state tournament that's going on this weekend. Lake Creek, along their along their state route, knocked out Pflugerville, Elgin, and Crockett. So shout out to the Georgetown Lady Eagles softball team. They end their season 36-6. and six. That's our baseball and softball update, and we're going to move right along into our coach interview of the week. And I'm very excited about this one. This is, a, this is a program that I got to know really well, being on the sideline for a couple of their games uh, as sideline reporter for Craig Way, and that's the newly appointed LBJ head coach, Joseph Rawls. Coach, thanks for joining the show. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, Coach, I, I think I want to just get right into it. Uh, so Coach Finner leaves, and, and I remember even talking to a couple of players, being like, hey, what do, y'all, do y'all know what's going to happen? Like, who's going to be the guy? And you were the name that all of the players threw around that said that that's who they wanted to get that job, who they thought would get that job. But at a program like LBJ that has had the success um, that, that you guys have had lately, that's a, that's a big-time job. So I know uh, that Austin ISD had to do their due diligence and ultimately landed on you. Um, how excited are you to take over that role that, that your good friend Coach Finner left? 
it's, it's truly a blessing for one. I, I joke with Coach Finner all the time. You know, um, I say, you know, I, I know what Joshua felt taking over after Moses. Uh, it's been a blessing. And I always say that it's, you know, it's obviously, you know, I'm a spiritual man, and I know that, that God aligned things to happen the way they happen. I don't think it's anything that I did or anything that I, or who I am that made um, the selection committee and the community and the student athletes to choose me. Uh, but, you know, like my dad would always say, you, you just be a bee and make the honey. Don't worry about who gets it. Don't worry about who gets the credit. And that's what I tried to do, just be, you know, supportive and, and be um, be loyal with Coach Finner. And um, God has blessed me in the process. Coach Rawls, you, you move into the head coach role after being the defensive coordinator for LBJ over a period that they've had one of the best defenses, uh, regardless of classification in, 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 the, in the entire state, sent some guys to big-time Division One schools. But, Coach, can you kind of give us – um, your path as a player and then as a coach that led you to, to LBJ? Well, I, I was blessed to um, to start. Um, I played high school football at, at Waco La Vega High School under Willie Williams, who was a great coach, a mentor. Uh, I was blessed to receive a, a football scholarship, and I, I played football, played running back and ran track at Sam Houston State under Ron Randleman uh, back in the late uh, 90s, early 2000s. Uh, then I was blessed uh, once I got finished with my football playing career. Uh, Coach Randleman trusted me enough to give me an opportunity to stay on staff. I and mean, it was a great staff. I mean, you had guys like uh, Tom Herman. Uh, you had guys like Clay Jennings. Um, I mean, Ben Norton. I mean, guys like Craig Niver, they were uh, Joe Tumpkin that were on that staff. And those guys basically have gone on to be head coaches and you know, and uh, basically great DCs and, and recruiters in the college world as well as professionally. And I uh, stayed there as a running back coach for a year, uh, left and was blessed to join Guy Morris and his staff. And, of course, was able to work with, with guys like Bill Bradley and, and uh, John Goodner, you know, guys that basically Larry Hofer that basically were guys that were, you know, important as far as my development as defensive coordinator. Um, but it was a blessing to work with those guys, late Tommy Adams, who basically was very big on intensity. Um, so I was there as a defensive graduate assistant at Baylor. Um, was blessed to move on on a high school level uh, where I worked with um, Leroy, the late Leroy Coleman at University High School. Uh, left Le- um, there after three years and was blessed to be hired by Armando Jacinto, who's basically the um, – he's the head of the uh, Hispanic Coaches uh Texas Hispanic Coaches Association, uh, and he was one of the guys that basically like really groomed me as far as understanding how to be professional as well as be organized. And uh, I learned a lot under him defensively as well. Uh, stayed there at, at Travis High School for 10 years with him. And um, then I was blessed. You know, I've been trying to get over at LBJ for a while just because as a child growing up, I got a chance to watch an LBJ versus Waco High game at Baylor Stadium. And it blew my mind just how supportive that community was and the wave of purple. And I'd always been fascinated with it. So when I got to Austin, I knew eventually, you know, that God would guide my footsteps to work with another community. And he blessed me to uh, be able to work with Jamal Finner. And I can say, man, I, I was so impressed with, you know, basically how he is with the players, how he's ran his program, and it's just been a blessing. That's basically, you know, my path to be where I am. Uh, I've worked with a lot of great coaches along the way, um, and, you know, most importantly, you know, my home foundation with my parents and my brothers and my sister, they basically have prepared me for the shoes that I'm, I'm feeling right now. 
LBJ head coach Joseph Rawls on the uh, Brain Vault hotline. Coach, um, I, I want to ask you another one about Coach Finner. Um, I mean, he, being on the sideline with you guys this year, it, it, it's awesome how, how he manages the players and, and manages the sideline, manages the coaches, and always just seems so calm. What is something that, that you – took from him being his defensive coordinator and it's one of something I mean because he's moving on into a role that is still very useful to you I mean he, he that his role is to be to, to have relationships with guys like you so what is something you've learned from him and what is one way you're going to use him going forward in the role that he's at now I think one of the most important lessons you know which I, I was I was already familiar with it, but just to see him and the way that he worked is uh the grass is green where you water it you know, it's greener where you water. And I say that is, and people look at LBJ and they think that we have all the athletes and we basically have no issues. And the way that he dealt with everything that came his way, he held, I mean, it, he dealt with it with grace. Um, he was also, he was always, you know, student athlete oriented. Anything that was about growing and developing student athletes, he pushed for it. And anything that basically took away or deter from that, he basically, you know, he he didn't spend much he didn't spend much time with it, and um, you know people like I say they they think that you know just LBJ or we're putting out athletes, but you know he also pushed academics, and that's one of the things that I I totally believe in is the development of the whole student athlete, and that's one reason why in the last four years we've you know we've sent guys to Rice and Columbia and Vanderbilt, so I think you know one of the things I can say with Coach Finner is he's a man of his words. Um, he's basically going to do whatever it is in his power to make sure that when students graduate from uh, student athletes graduate from uh, LBJ High School, that they're prepared to go on uh, academically as well as athletically. And then, coach, you you mentioned just kind of the culture that that Coach Finner has 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 started and and and, and essentially brought back to LBJ. Um, in, in terms of you, you keep saying that that LBJ has athletes, but I mean. People know LBJ not only for producing D1 guys, but they know LBJ for winning and and, and scheduling really tough opponents and and being uh, a school that's 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 in the running to be a Jerry World. How how can you you individually uh, as the new head coach, kind of a defensive guy, how can you continue to grow that culture and and what is something that you that you hope to bring to LBJ um, d- during your time as head coach? <laughs> well, I, I um, it's kind of like you know still in your grandmother's. Uh, pudding recipe or her recipe for peach cobbler. You know, you don't mess, you just, you don't mess with it. It's a winning formula. I mean, here at LBJ, we're all about building champions on and off the field. And I think that's basically the the beginning and the end of all of everything that we do. Um, as far as with me as a coach, I mean, like I say, with the success that we've had, um, I, the first thing is I surrounded myself with some of the best coaches here in the state of Texas on the high school level. Uh, we have Coach Williams, who's our offensive coordinator, who basically was the head of the offense last year that produced 50-plus points a game. Uh, Coach Noel Sanchez and uh, Coach Herb Jones have been with me for the last few years as far as developing that defense. It only gave up 10 points a game last year. So with those guys co-coordinating, we're going to have success. Um, and then we're going to make some, you know, obviously we'll have an addition or two um, on our staff uh, where we're going to have some of the best, not only coaches, but best men surrounding our young players. And then, of course, basically being open and honest and true with the young people that come through. You know, um, 
letting them understand that this isn't just about football and winning games. That's that's basically the byproduct of everything that we do. We're trying to make you to understand that you are developing into a man, and we're going to give you the tools to go out in this world and be able to be just that, a man. So, um, you know, I think those are some of the things that basically we focus on as far as to continue to make us a, a great program. And then, you know, a couple of things we talk to our guys about all the time, like, you know, there are three things in life you don't waste. You don't waste time, you don't waste your words, and you don't waste opportunities. And those are things that you can't get back. So as long as we're focused on making the most and being efficient with our time, making sure that we don't, you know, that we choose our words wisely when we speak, and even as coaches, and be very detail-oriented. Because once we say it, those student-athletes know to the T of everything that we're doing. And then, of course, like I said, you know, opportunities, they don't come very often. So make sure when they come, you don't miss them. Newly appointed LBJ head coach, Coach Rawls, on the phone. Coach, a couple more for you. Uh, Coach, I feel like being at a place like LBJ, I mean, being in, in Austin ISD, not having, uh, I mean, it, it's been in the in the news a lot, just, I mean, the, the type of facilities you have access to, the field time, everything like that, just kind of the hurdles you have to overcome. And, and not only that, but just your time at, your, your, during your time at LBJ, I mean, you guys have gone to state, you had game canceled, games canceled last year, you've been involved in the recruitment of, of high caliber Division One players. I feel like you've experienced everything there is to experience for a guy stepping into a head coach role. Uh, through, through your time being at LBJ, all the experiences, how, how have those prepared you for being a head coach? Well, everyone looks at uh, all the successes and, and, of course, the the trophies and things, but obviously they don't look at, like you said, that we've had uh, to deal with budget cuts and we've had to deal with um, – you know, the, the difference as far as with the teaching pay growing and, and uh, around, you know, surrounding districts and you're losing great coaches to those places. Uh, same with facilities. But I will say this. Um, first, I, I, I love the LBJ community and all those voters on the northeast side and east side of Austin that basically pushed to get the bond approved. And there are going to be some upgrades coming to LBJ that a lot of people may not be aware of, uh, headed by our, our, our principal, Dr. Joseph Welch. He's 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 a person that's all about the students and giving us the best on the east and northeast side of town. And uh, we're going to have some facility upgrades. You know, of course, all around AISD, you know, you're going to get the turf fields. But, uh, you know, we're planning on putting in the, in the play, you know, uh, some indoor facilities, uh, some new upgraded weight rooms. And uh, so, like, LBJ is going to be just as competitive facility-wise as with the Dell Valleys and the Georgetowns and um, Leander and Cedar Park schools. So um, I, I look at it with with being in, in seeing basically LBJ being able to get by with the bare minimum, you know, having three defensive coaches, having seven coaches on the staff, you know, including the head coach and, being able to get by with the bare minimum, well, when we get more, we're going to make more. So, you know, um, just blessed to, like I say, have, have worked alongside. Uh, and I say alongside because that's the way he treated you. There was no person that was, you know, um, uh, beneath him in the way that Jamal Finner worked. And, and I'm blessed, and I know he is, to get the opportunity because that he has at UT because it's well-earned. All right, Coach, one more for you. 
So I, I had the opportunity to meet and, and talk to, to Storm Woods uh, this weekend at 7-on-7, seven seven, who, who's on the coaching staff at Hendrickson, and just seeing him, just talking to him and, and, and watching some, some of the guys play and just him recognizing talent, being a guy that, that played at the Division One level, was really one of the first guys, uh, like really big-time recruits in Pflugerville and, and, and now coaching. And, I mean, you yourself, you're a guy that played the position. Um, Cedric Alexander, I mean, what I saw that y'all are like going to retire his number at LBJ or something like that and him breaking the Austin ISD record. Uh, I mean, you guys have had tons and tons of Division One guys come through your program, but what is someone, um, the, just the kid and the, the academics, what does someone like Cedric Alexander uh, mean to LBJ and to that community? Well, you know, the first thing is, I mean, he's a he's a young man of high character. Um, he he basically carried himself in the in the correct way. He was ideal in what you would expect out of a student athlete. Uh, he made sure that he was on top of his academics. You never had to ask him to work harder because he was working when the lights were off as well as when the lights came on. And he was a leader in and out of the locker room. Uh, guys like that come through the program, but guys like him that basically have everything that you want in a student athlete, you know, sometimes those guys don't come through as often. Um, you know, we've had some guys that, that have come through like the Andrew McCoovers and the Latrell McCutcheons and the Trey Trey McCutcheons that have come through that have done it right in the classroom as well as Cedric. Uh, but to basically out of the history of AISD to break the rushing as well as total TD record, I mean, there's a lot of people that basically have come through that have NFL talent, that have played in the NFL, even at LBJ, that haven't done that. So, you know, we felt that we basically wanted to put that on display, that this is what you can see and expect from student-athletes at LBJ. Because a lot of people, when they talk about, you know, student-athletes, they point to the west side of town. But on the northeast side of town at LBJ High School, we produce athletes and student-athletes as well. So, um, you know, we just wanted to make sure that we put that out there. The young man did a great job at his first semester at Vanderbilt, had a heck of a spring game. A lot of times that gets overlooked, you know, because people just look at us as a community of, you know, low socioeconomic uh, community that basically, you know, is only known for the athletic part. But when you have students, even our our salutatorian was a student-athlete. So we're, 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 we're doing great things over here at LBJ. And like I said before, um, you know, with, with that being headed by Dr. Welch uh, as our principal, we're going to continue to expect great things. Joseph Rawls, the head coach of the LBJ Jaguars. That, that's pretty awesome to say, Coach. I, everyone knew you were the guy for that job. And, and Coach, one thing before I let you go, I, I was interviewing Coach Finner after a game last year, and, and I, I got doused with the Gatorade, uh, having a little Gatorade shower after a big-time win, and I hope to be a part of that that for you, Coach. So thank you for coming on the show. And, and before we let you go, do you want to shout out to anybody? Um, I just want to say um, thank you for your support. Jag Nation, uh, for all those uh, people in the community that basically have supported me before, that are supporting me now, and I hope they will continue to support me. I plan on being at LBJ and being there until I I basically stop and I retire. So I I pray that, you know, like I say, we continue as far as with our student-athletes. I appreciate them because, you know, they're a loving group of young men, all the student-athletes, um, at LBJ High School as well as our school entire 
entirely. Thank you so much, Coach. Being on the sideline for you guys, y'all, y'all have a fun sideline, fun atmosphere, and, and, and I can't wait to see where you take that pro- program. Thanks again, Coach. Thank you. That God was bless you. That was new LBJ head coach Joseph Rawls on the Brain Vault hotline. And that was our head coach interview of the week. I mean, it's, it, it's awesome, Nolan, to see, I mean, what Coach Finner did with that program, taking them to state championships, um, turning them into – not kind of the LBJ of old. I mean, people, he mentioned it there, like being a kid and going to LBJ game, wanting to be a part of that program. And, and that's what LBJ is now. I mean, they're, they're, a, they're, a, they're a school that's producing D1 guys. They're a school that's producing wins and big time games. So really, really excited to see where he takes that program. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, with uh, Coach Fenner leaving and getting that job at UT, I think it's a tremendous uh, to have continuity in the head, in the coaching realm and the co- having your head coach be somebody who was already in the, in the room with you in the workouts telling you the same things he's already probably been telling you since you were a freshman. So I think for that, for Coach Rawls to, to get that job is a great, great hire, and I think he's going to keep that program on the right track. Yeah, two of the biggest head coaching vacancies that we've seen in a while at Westlake and at LBJ, mm-hmm. um, staying in-house and, and, and hiring. Both of them hiring their defensive coordinators. Yeah. So. Um, who, who says Austin can't play defense, you know? Uh, but from one interview to the next – Let's get to our in-studio interview, our in-studio party that we have. We got we got four guys in studio right now, all part. We talked to Brandon Buchanan a couple weeks ago. You thought we were done with Vandergriff, not quite yet. That's that's where I started at this radio station was doing the sideline reporting for Vandergriff. So they hold a special place uh, in in my heart for sure. So inter- introducing these guys, we got Miles Coleman, Alex Foster, and then new to the Vipers, new to the Black and Silver, the Adams brothers, Eli and Deuce Adams. Uh, Guys, it's really good to have you, and I think I want to start uh, start with you, Miles. I mean, you're kind of I mean, you and Alex, both of you guys, you look like the guys coming back for LBJ this year. Um, I mean, Blake Frazier too, but like he don't put up no stats, so like you can't really. Um, he looks it, but like he don't put up no stats, you know. So um, for 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 you, Miles, I mean, I saw Dave Campbell's put put out like a like a a graphic that was like returning receiving like leaders and like all of the student athletes returning for another year that had the most receiving yards and you were number one at, at Vandergriff and Vandergriff runs the ball, you know? So yes, um, for you looking back on this season and, and looking forward to next year, what, what was it like for you? I mean, just really breaking out. Like I, I felt like people knew you were going to, but to break out the way you did, how was that for you? I mean, it was amazing. Um, you know, I just trust my coaches um, Coach Mauser, you know, he loves to give me the ball. He loves to throw me those deep shots. Likes to get me the ball in space. And, you know, I just had to show everyone what I had. And then and then for you, Alex, I mean, all, all year, I mean, we had Rod Babers in here and we did that all-flex list. And, and and there's tons of DBs in the, in the Austin area that are that are big-time skill guys that are putting up crazy 40s and have big-time Division One offers. I mean, Lin- Leonard Moore at Round Rock, like one of the best, one of the best corners that t- to come through Austin in a really long time. Um, but you were Rod Baber's favorite guy, just the way you played football, putting up like, what was it, like 12,042 tackles in a season or something like that. Um, yeah. what, what do you think went right for you the, this last year? A lot of experience uh, from the guys before me, being able to be on the team as a freshman and sophomore, learn from the guys doing it, and that helped me get the right mentality to be in the right place at the right time to tackle the guy, finish the job. And then, and then for you guys, Eli and Deuce. I mean, you're at New Braunfels Canyon last year. Your dad has been at Vandergrift before, so obviously you knew about the program. Um, seeing after after y'all season was over, seeing Vandergrift go—that's no shade to y'all—but uh, seeing Vandergrift go on the run that they did. Um, 
how cool was that for y'all, knowing that you guys had ties to that? I mean, even before you knew you were going to end up over here, knowing that a program like you guys had, that, that you had been a part of and had some sort of connection to, knowing some of the guys, how cool was that for y'all to see Vandergriff make that run that they did? Uh, it, it was cool because, you know, teams like Vandergriff, you know, uh, in the playoffs, they, they always have a chance to become a dark horse and beat really good teams because of the way they play football. And uh, Vandergriff, they were they were really good this, this past year, and they made a deep run. And then for you, Eli, I mean, the guy sitting across from you, like I said, the leading returning so, receiver in the history of Texas or something like that. Um, as, a, as a receiver, uh, that must get you a little bit excited about yes, next sir. year, right? Yes, sir. You know, it was really good to see him go that far. Like, I was just happy for him, really. So back, back to you guys. I mean, Alex and Miles, I mean, I, I feel like for the longest time, Vandegrift was still, like, not Lake Travis, not Westlake, but Vandegrift, you know, it was still kind of like that, especially when y'all were in that district. Um, was, everyone was like, knew, they knew Vandegrift was going to get third in district, and they knew, th and then after that, they knew Vandegrift would be one of the last Austin teams um, to, in, in the playoffs, and then it would end up being like Travis or Westlake. To kind of put all that to bed last year and make it all the way to the state championship game, when you when you guys think back on that on that state run that y'all had, what we all remember about that? Well, we I think we held ourselves to the same standard of those teams throughout our entire uh, all of Vanderbilt. We we hold ourselves to the same, if not higher standard. And last year, uh, it was more about proving ourselves right than proving everyone else wrong in the area because we knew we had it, and it was just we needed right things to click and that's what happened last year and then, and then miles i mean uh, everyone kind of shoes in vandegrift for for a district championship and then after that they just kind of see what happens you know and you, you guys always make a deep playoff run but never that deep but to kind of put all of those things to bed and, and and win the district championship and then achieve i mean the the next highest goal that you can do and get to the state championship what did that what did that mean to you in your junior season i mean i think the difference between the our last year's team and other teams it was just the relationships that we had I I mean like we would all go out to eat together just bond and, and you know those those bonds like that's the difference between losing that uh state semi game and then winning it I mean I, I don't think there's any way not to bond with those guys I feel like you guys had like the most the most emotional games in a single season in the history of, of football. I mean, all of the Dripping Springs games, you played them like five times. I mean, the Katie game, the, I mean, thinking back to those games, those games that came down to a last second play, um, not talking about like the game itself, but what does that do to your relationship with your teammates to have to go through this like crazy intense, intense moment, this crazy stressful moment? What does that do to, to, to the relationship with you and your teammates in terms of strengthening that bond? It's real special, like being on the field with somebody, and it really shows how much of football is an emotion game. And going through that, like being on the field where watching Diego pick up the fumble with zero seconds left or, or whatever, running down, like it, it really does something to you. And seeing all the crowd and all the support from your fans in the community is, is so unbelievable. And it really just makes you want to do it more. And then winning just keeps you going. So yeah. we just kept on winning and kept on having fun. Um, both of y'all really quick when uh, the field goal against Katie were you looking or not looking oh for sure looking I was not looking <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> what Braden said Braden said he wasn't looking I was not I looking. wasn't looking was I, was, I, I was on the sideline and like I, I was about to cry like 
when y'all were going to kick. Like, I didn't even yeah. know what was going to happen. It was, like, so intense. Like, there was, like, 30,000 yeah. KD fans yeah. that made it even more it intense. Loud. It was loud. They brought their whole band, and it was loud. I feel like I, I feel like the Alamo Dome is, like, one of the loudest mm-hmm. venues. Like, you, definitely louder than Jerry World because you never know, how, like, how many people you're going to have there. But yeah. um, was that the loudest game you've ever been a part of? I think so. Yeah, just being in the Dome and having the sound bounce off. Both our band and their band, both highly, highly honored bands in the – Community, they they were loud and they they made it special. Same same for you, the loudest one for sure. I think it was the state game, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. Even though it was like big stadium, but the stadium was still filled out with like I don't know thirty five thousand fans. It was crazy. And then back back to you guys, Deuce and Eli. Can you, can you talk about a little bit about um, your your last year <laughs> at, at at Canyon? I mean, you, you both had like really incredible seasons. I, I feel like for you, for you especially, it, it really bolstered your recruiting scene, um, helped, helped lead to that Louisville offer and commitment. Um, I mean, you had a great year receiving statistically, um, going against completely different. I mean, a really good, a really good district. I mean, going against schools like Smith and Valley, that kind of the um, like very perennial powerhouse type schools. Can, can you talk about your, your season last year? Oh well, our our sophomore season. I wasn't the full-time starter, and we had went four and six. So that that offseason, all we were talking about is coming different 22, coming different 22, and all we did was work. All we did, we were on the track in the weight room. Well, me and Eli played baseball, but that's all we did in the offseason. We, we just worked in the summer. We just worked. We knew things had to be different, right, because no one likes to win four games and lose six. So we knew things had to be different, and, we came back first game, uh, Corpus Christi vets. Tough challenge, but we found a way to pull through, and our, that's really what boosted the, the rest of the season for us. And we just we just kept rolling after that. Uh, we had our first loss against Smithson Valley, who, who's who's a very good team, and uh, we we just we were on a little streak after that. Till first round, we met Georgetown, like. 40 mile an hour wind, yep. 20 degrees, and we, we just couldn't pull through that game. But we, we had a great season, me and Eli, and um, the rest of the team. We put, we put up great numbers, uh, and we came different, like like we said we would. And, and then for you, Eli, talking about the great season and, and that your great season is coming off of passes from your brother. How how, how cool is that? And, and and for you to kind of turn your season around and turn your high school career around in that year, um, being alongside your brother, what what did that mean to you in in, in terms of um, your career and just how cool is it to, to catch passes from your brother? Well, you know, it's cool to catch passes from him because, like, we dream of this stuff, like catching passes from your brother. Like, that's amazing. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? So, like, it's I'm very grateful to do that. What's the route you guys have timed up the best? Is it the post? Is it the out? What is it? Like, what's the one that y'all y'all can do like like party with, trick like with your eyes with your closed? Eyes closed? Yeah. Probably fade. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Just a vertical route. Money every time. See, like that sounds like an easy answer, but yeah. like to know how fast your brother <laughs> yeah. is, like is like exactly is <laughs> it is pretty crazy. Yes, Although, do you think you think Brandon could throw your fade with his eyes closed? Most definitely. <laughs> I mean, 125 pounds running down the sideline. Like this. Say not, say not, you guys, Deuce and Eli. Um, ha- having your dad uh, as a coach. I mean, he coached you at he coached you at Canyon. He's going to continue to coach you at at, at Vandergrift. Um, I mean, he, I mean, Harge knows him. Rod Babers knows him. Um, but you guys know him in a, in a different light. Yeah. How how 
not only just, I mean, father-son relationship, but how does having uh, a dad that played at the, at the highest level and, and, and coaches um, at, at the level that you're playing at now, how does that shape you in terms of the athlete that you are, in terms of, like, the work that you guys put in that no one sees? Yeah, so he's he's been there before, first off, so we would be dumb not to listen to him. And he, he's obviously super smart, and he's been through a lot of things, and he he passes it down to me and Eli. And we we have our different things, different experiences, but we, we try to do the right thing all the time, try to put in work, try to stay humble, and hopefully see where our careers go. And then for you, Eli, what what's the craziest workout your dad has made you do? You're like on some on some workout that's like this doesn't even make sense. Like, what's the craziest workout your dad's made you do? Four thirty a.m.s, getting up at four thirty, running on the track. <laughs> I mean, Miles, you you get up at what around then? Uh, no, not better. Four thirty is better. Four thirty is crazy. Eli can catch me on the track. He knows he's winning that race. I mean, the running too. I mean, you're just the long jump guy, right? No, I can uh, run. Mm. I mean, we had, we had we had Ashton Torrens in here the other oh, day, so yeah. I mean, he, he can jump in. That's a Miami <laughs> guy. It's a little different. He got yeah, second in the hundred, and then he won. He, the long yeah, jump. he won the long jump. So, but all right, we're gonna keep diving in deeper with these Vandy boys when we come back. More flex ATX. Flex ATX segment two of two. The time is 7.41 on a Wednesday, and we are in studio with the Vandy boys. We had Brady Buchanan. I mean, he's the first he's the first quarterback ever to take Vandergrift to a state championship, so we, we had to have him give him his own episode, you know. I mean, you're the first uh, safety with, like, 10 billion tackles, so you could have had your own episode, too, and you're the leading receiver returning Dave Campbell's. Yep. All of that, so you could have your own episode too. Y'all don't even go here, so like y'all <laughs> don't get your own episode. Um, yeah, in studio with the Vandy boys, Miles Coleman, Alex Foster, Eli, and Deuce Adams. And this is uh, the Alex Foster special. Yeah. What, what do we got here, Alex? Fortunate song by Credence Clearwater Revival. The best. This is what y'all, the, all those videos of Coach Sanders dancing in the locker room. This is what he's dancing to. He ran up in, my, in the producer's box and said, You know CCR? I was like, I think so. He said, Play Fortune Son. Oh, I know that song. Here we go. Nolan typed in. Nolan had to go up on his dad's playlist to, to find oh, yeah. this song. I use all my dad's playlists for the old music. Yeah, He's for the, the for the old music for the high school kids. For the know? high school kids. <laughs> for the for the junior. For the high school kids. <laughs> um, okay, a couple more questions for you guys uh, before we get into some like, kind of more fun um, questions. But the the state. Let's talk about just state. I mean that that whole experience. I mean we talked about the KD game. Um, that kind of that emotional roller coaster, but. Before we get to the game, everything leading up to that, I mean, being there watching state championship games, taking the long bus ride to Dallas, um, being in the locker room at Jerry World, before the game, um, how, how cool was that? I mean, an, an experience that you'll never forget, I'm sure. Oh, I, I mean, I've dreamed of that since I was a little kid, playing at, um, playing at AT&T. You know, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, so uh, it was always a dream just – I mean, seeing, going in that locker room, coming out on the field, seeing the star, it was amazing. 
I remember being on the sideline. I like because um, I did sideline for that game as well. Um, I've like FaceTime one of my boys like in the pregame, and I was like, bro, he's a big Cowboys fan. I'm like, bro, Dak Prescott threw a pick right here, dude. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Um, but I mean, for you, for you, Alex, I mean, just that atmosphere. I mean, Miles talked about that being his loudest game. Um, but I mean, just how big that stadium is, the jumbotron. I mean, there's a cool, there's a cool video. I remember um, when Kyler Murray was at Allen and they were like blowing somebody out, and he's on the sideline just leaning back, like him and the receivers, like that receiver that uh, that ended up at Notre Dame. Yeah, he's like throwing the football up and just just heads just hanging back, looking at the looking at the scoreboard. I do remember my neck hurting. I was sitting on the bench <laughs> watching the offense getting water and. All getting the cramps fixed from the trainers and looking up at the the huge bellwork board up there it was is huge. It's real big and on the field, it's ten times bigger than when you're in the stands. I mean, well, I, it's like it's like thirty yards long, maybe longer. Yeah. It goes from one forty to the other. Yeah. If yeah. not, no, one thirty to the other. It's huge. I went to a concert there a few weeks ago and they didn't even use it. It was That's off. pretty disappointing. How does that, how does that make any sense? Um, but, um, I mean, I, I feel like the only thing that would have made that trip better is obviously is a win, but you guys ran into a buzzsaw in DeSoto. I, I, remember, I remember watching them at, at State 7-on-7 seven seven and seeing what they were doing to people, not, not even just Jontae Cook. I mean, their quarterback had a cannon. Um, they had got, I mean, D1 guys everywhere, and that's just 7-on-7, seven seven, not even including the, the, the trenches. Um, was, was that the hardest game you've ever played? Um, I feel like, Katie game was harder. Really, that was that was more of a that was a battle, and coming out on top was just that much more special. But that was the hardest. The Katie game was the hardest game I've ever played. And, and then for you, Miles, I mean, it, it was a game that, that you guys were in for for probably like a half, maybe three quarters, and then it got to a point where you kind of people kind of knew like, okay, they're, they're starting to run away with it for a little bit. Uh, I mean, what, what was that game like for you? I mean, it must have been hard. Uh, I mean, not, not only hard to get your footing, I mean, as, as a receiver, I mean, as a guy that's that's had so many explosive games, um, but just kind of as that game was winding down, coming terms, coming uh, coming to terms with the fact that it wasn't going to be all first state championship. Um, I mean, we knew they were, I mean, they were extremely talented. They had D1 guys all over the field. Um, I mean, we just, I mean, we just, I don't know. It, yeah, it was a weird, weird game. Like everything, they, it felt so beautiful. Watching, watching film all, like all week before and preparing for the game even was like watching the film. Like they're so beatable. But what, what was their factor? What was that difference that they had that that they kept on coming out on top and beating the teams that that, that there was their road to state. And when we got to the field, it felt like more or less the same. Seeing right. the things we we watched in film trying to execute it and just not coming out on top. Yeah, I remember I remember interviewing uh, Coach Sanders uh, after that game and him being like, we knew coming into this game, obviously, but like both of you guys said, um, and even, I mean, these guys even knew it and they weren't even playing, I mean, they weren't even playing them, um, how good DeSoto was. He, he said, we knew we had to play a perfect game and, and we didn't do that. Um, what, was, uh, what was Coach Sanders' message to you guys in, in the locker room after that game? Uh, I mean, he was he was proud of us, you know. First time ever going to state. Um, but I mean, first thing he said was, um, obviously, congrats to the seniors. But like to the underclassmen, he's like, jobs are not finished. I mean, right. we got to come back and win it next year. It was a lot of love around yeah. from all the coaches, especially Sanders. How 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 hungry does that? I mean, that that I feel like that's a taste that you like yeah. you'll never get out of your mouth. So how hungry does that does that make you guys? I mean, this whole off season and in, in weights and seven on seven and. 
in, in practice. I mean, you're going so hard that you're hurting yourself. So um, how hungry does that does does that game make you for this next season? It's in every rep, every bar lift, every time, every run, every whistle. Like you can feel it. You can feel the energy on the team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone like their mindset this year is completely different than all all other years. You know, we know we have a chance to win this thing, and you know we're gonna go do it this year. Have y'all created your own uh, mo- motto or mantra? As you could have taken one of yeah. Coach Rawls. As, as, Deuce, as Deuce came in with when they were at Canyon, he had come back different. What, have y'all yeah. decided what y'all like, is gonna be? Can we reveal that? Yeah, yeah, yeah back for it. blood. Yeah, we back okay. for blood. I like that. coming back different er, yeah. different er, er. No, we're, we're going, yeah, back for blue. Um, and, and then, and then, really quick, uh, for for you, Deuce. I mean, um, being a part of like a little, a little bit of a, a QB battle. I mean, you're a guy that's that's committed to a Division One program. I already kind of know where you're going to end up. Um, how does that make you better? I mean, to, to be at this point in your career and you're still competing, you're still having to get better every day to 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 ultimately. Lead the team that you want to lead. Lead guys like this. Throw to guys. Throw to guys like your brother and Miles, and and, and be backed up a guy like Alex. How how much better does being a part of a quarterback battle make you? Uh, it's it's really just iron sharpens iron uh, in, in anything you do, but especially being a quarterback because there there's only one, and uh, both quarterbacks, you know, like they they build relationships, and you know they can both be good, but you know only only one can play. And um, but being in a QB battle, like it, it'll always make you better. It, it'll never like affect you or just take you down a, a dark path. It, it'll always make you better in, in uh, every form of life. Last one before I get to my rapid fire question for Alex: People that come watch Vandergriff next year, what are they gonna see? The energy, the sideline energy, yeah. and the bond with our teammates. How much we love each other. All right, so rapid fire question. This is gonna be for all of y'all. This first one. So they're supposed to be coming out with the NCAA game like this summer, right? Or next summer? I think it's next, next summer. summer. Yeah. If you were in that game right now, if they had like a UIL game, Miles, what would be your overall? And what would be like your stat? That's like the one good stat. Ninety-nine overall, <laughs> and I would have ninety-nine speed and ninety-nine deep route running. He's got he's got Tyreek Hill numbers. <laughs> All right, so we just got one receiver, receiver with the 99. Eli, close to the mic, what would be your 97. overall? I'm going to say a 99. <laughs> I'm going 98 speed and a 99 catch in traffic. What about, like, the spectacular catch? What's that? Who's yeah, got, who's got that one? I got that one. What's your, what's your deep route running? Um, 98. 100. Oh. <laughs> he said 100. <laughs> um, Alex, what's your, what's your overall? And Wait. what position would you list yourself at? Oh, um... Let's go outside safety. Jalen Ramsey's right. position. You no, know, Jalen, he played corner. <laughs> but he, yeah, no, they use him all over the field. Yeah. He plays everywhere. <laughs> athlete. I'm um, athlete and 99 overall. And we got 99 hit stick. Nice. Okay. okay. They went, With you, a broken arm. They haven't said hit stick Ooh. since like 2010. But all right. Mm-hmm. All right, Deuce, what's your, what's your overall? I have to go 99. I have to go 99 in my best attribute. Probably is playmaking actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety-nine playmaking. That's like, actually, saying, that's like saying you got like ninety-nine go. awareness. Yeah. And bragging 100, 100 about it. Hundred playmaking. All right. Um, okay. Another question for you, Deuce. What's one restaurant that you'll miss once you once you're living in Austin full time that you'll miss from New Braunfels? New Braunfels. 
Bucky's doesn't count as a restaurant, Bucky's by the way. Bucky's. Yeah, probably Muck and Fuss. It, my teammates' uh, parents owned it, so yeah, it was a great restaurant. But yeah. I'll, I'll probably miss that. It's going to be like week three and Deuce's family going to be in charge of team dinner. And he'll be like, all right, we have to drive <laughs> an hour and a half for team dinner tonight, guys. Um, okay, Eli, what's your go-to pregame meal? I would like some pasta. Chicken <laughs> Alfredo. Cheesy pasta? No, not cheesy. Oh. Like, just a little ball. But say, I got, I, I'm lactose intolerant, so no cheesy <laughs> pasta in the pregame for me. Um, all right, Miles. What's uh What's in your pregame uh, playlist? What are you listening to to get playlist? you hyped up? You gotta have the young boy. Uh, I gotta have little baby on there, and then uh, I'll throw in some Lozy Vert, but more young boy. Yeah, yeah so I can boy. get hyped. Okay, um, Alex. What's in What's in your pregame playlist? Or do you just borrow your dad's? Bob Seger iPod? is great before games. Um, Bob Seger, I like Three Dog Night too. They, they get me going. I don't even know who Bob's Some Seger rock is. and roll. So you don't even go to like the metal. You go, you just rock and roll. Rock and roll. Okay. Calm before the storm. I like that. This guy's crazy. Dang, that must be that's that's like dude, a, that's, that's like a life hack. That's like Bijan. That's like Bijan Robinson listening. He to really rain said sounds. the calm before the storm. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the most quotable like episode episode ever. Rain. Sounds. Um. Okay. What is um, Deuce? Your favorite um, baseball memory? Favorite baseball memory. You're not good at this whole like rapid. Yeah, probably fire. play. Oh, it's rapid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, probably. <laughs> what do you think? Just called uh, fire. Just fire questions. <laughs> Where we play at last summer, Florida. Uh, West Palm. We played in UBC uh, Ultimate Baseball Championship, and we beat the Philly Scout team. Wow. Yeah. Um, Eli, if you didn't play, if you played another sport that wasn't baseball or football, what would you play? Yeah, I would probably play basketball. <laughs> um, Miles, do you think every NFL QB can dunk? <laughs> yes. Every QB can dunk yeah. because, I mean, if you're in the NFL, you got to be decently athletic. And even the, the ones that aren't un- unathletic, I mean, they're like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so. um, Alex, what's the favorite meal that either one of your parents makes? That's tough. My mom's Portuguese. She she makes some great some great food, but my dad makes a killer French toast. Oh, so. dude, I'm I'm a sucker for some French toast, dude. A little cinnamon on there. Hey, I don't I don't live far I don't live far from Vanegers. You might have to hit me up on a morning get some get some French toast. Um, so same question I asked Eli: What sport would you play if it wasn't, um, if it wasn't football and not lacrosse? Either? Yeah. What would you play? I, I'd I'd take some heads off in in, in hockey probably. Oh, <laughs> wow. dude, really? Alex Foster on a hockey. Ice, oh, dude, I would get my no, lettuce no, no. out for no, that. No, rugby. I always say I want to play rugby. If I wouldn't play lacrosse, I'd play rugby in the off season. I actually love rugby. All my linebackers. Yeah, you just going head up rugby. against Ian Reed in rugby. I'll run around him. That's, see, that's <laughs> the op- in rugby. You can do that. You can you can run around people. You don't need to hit them. Like, um, what's uh, what's something that uh, what's like a funny. Like I asked your I asked your brother like the craziest workout you've ever done. Like what's like what's a funny thing that's happened like being coached by your dad have you ever like have you ever like uh pulled the whole like i'm your son card no no but sometimes i don't i don't know if i should say this or not but sometimes last season it, like if i had a like a bad play he'd be like bro what are you doing i'd be like all right yeah i, I have to lock in but sometimes he'll just give me this look 
like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm tripping right now, but let me lock in. I feel like Eli the type to be like, your dad be like, okay, everybody has to do like 30 laps. And Eli be like, not me though, right? Like, <laughs> no, no way. If anything, he, he'll have to do more because he's a son. All right, last question before we have to go, right, Nolan? Okay, yeah. last question for you, Miles. You're the leading, returning, receiving yards in the history of Texas. What is left <coughs> on your checklist that you want to accomplish your senior year? State championship for sure. Uh, I want to lead the state in receiving yards, the whole state, <laughs> every every uh, classification, and um, first team all state. I mean, that, means you gotta, that means you got to throw the ball a lot. That's exciting to hear, oh, right? Oh, Dude. we are. We, we are already got that post route going. The eyes hey, closed. Bro, the eyes chill, closed post. Chill, chill, Miles. You got the you got the eyes closed fade on the left. The eyes closed <laughs> post on the right. All right. Well. Thank you so much. I talked to your parents earlier. Vandergrift has a special place in my heart, so thank you guys for pulling up. Uh, before we go, Miles Coleman, who are you shouting out to? Shout out my family. Uh, shout out Alex. Shout out Deuce. Shout out Eli. Uh, shout out Brain Vault. Shout out Alex Foster. Yeah, shout out the backer boys, Luke, Seb, the whole OPAC, and shout out Brain Vault. Eli Adams, who are you shout shouting out, out to? Miles, Alex, Deuce, Coach Sanders, Coach Miles, my dad. <laughs> Shout out, getting close to the mic when you talk. Deuce Adams, <laughs> who are you shouting out to? Shout out to my parents. Shout out to Miles, Eli, Alex, and shout out to Vandegrift, baby. Vandy Perf. Yes, Vandy Perf. Nolan Hogan, yeah. thanks for B4B, producing. Baby. Who are you shouting out to? Uh, shout out my family. Uh, shout out my dad. Shout out all the 2023 grads. This is probably, I think this is the last week. Everybody's mm. graduating this week, so congratulations to all you guys. Shout out, I'm Zach Lucero at FLXATX. Shout out to all of the Vandy boys for pulling up. Shout out to Vanderbilt in the College World Series. Vandy boys and the Vandy boys, you know. Uh, And finally, shout out to all my G's. Shout out God. Shout out gang. It's a flex. Ball don't lie. Versus Rice. One, two, three. Win. win. Yes, easy. At Alabama. One, two, three. Win. Win. You win. Ah! (laughs) did you want to go lost there i do want to go lost there okay versus oklahoma all right a little revenge here oklahoma one two three win october 28th versus byu one two three loss see he beat me to it weekdays three to seven on the horn new crisp and refreshing heineken silver has only 3.2 grams of carbs 95 calories and a taste that has no bitter endings It's like enjoying a summer night. Oh, no. Mosquitoes? Why am I wearing shorts? Without mosquitoes. I love summer. Like if Dracula decided blood's not really his thing anymore. (laughs) I'm vegan. Get all the taste. No bitter endings. Crisp and refreshing Heineken Silver. 3.2 grams of carbs, 95 calories. Order now at Heineken.com slash silver. Must be 21 and older to purchase. Enjoy Heineken responsibly. From the Yu-Gi-Oh! Business Services Studios, you're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK. KTAE AM Elgin. K270CO Round Rock. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man-to-man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. It's like a radio station. 
Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns. 